It's good to have all of you here today. It's a joy to be in the house of God. So grateful for the blessings of God. And uh, Christmas is every day because Jesus lives in our hearts every day. Jesus is available to us every day. And yes, we celebrate a special time in America, December the 25th, as his birthday. And many people that have studied it want to argue that he was probably born in the spring. That really doesn't matter. The fact is, is that he came and lived among us. Amen? Amen. That's what really, really matters. And every day is a day of Christmas because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And uh, my first point this morning is the joy. The joy of Christmas, the joy of the whole situation. Um, Joseph was a, a, a very a unique individual. And uh, when we look at the human race and we realize that the first Christmas, yeah, he had entered into uh, a, a situation that he had no idea was happening in the sense that uh, he was betrothed to a woman, that meant that they were engaged, but it was more than just an engagement that we know of, it was a legal document, it was a legal uh, binding uh, commitment that he had made to her. And uh, he was very much distraught to, to find out what was going on, but an angel showed up. But an angel showed up. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Uh, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call his and call him Emmanuel, which is God with us. Joseph was not truly uh, too joyous about the beginning of the Christmas story because he had a responsibility. He was a righteous man, meaning standing upright, meaning he had his heart right with God. He was truly set apart as a righteous man. And he was committed to this relationship, but he was also committed to the fact that it didn't look good, and he needed to quietly separate himself from Mary, he felt, until the angel of the Lord told him what was going on. Can you imagine the relief of thinking that everything has just fallen apart? The person who I've grown to love the person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with, the person who uh, has same values that I have, and we're going to be getting married, and all of a sudden, things begin to clutter up. But then an angel comes and tells him, hey, this is by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the joy that comes to Joseph's heart, when it wasn't a joyful time, he was in the midst of what in the world is going on? And the angel says you're to give him the name Jesus, and, and because you gave him the name Jesus, he's going to be the Savior of the world. Jesus being the root word for, for Joshua, and Jesus saves, God saves. And so it, it was exciting, but it was also a joy to know that, oh, what I thought wasn't true, what I know, I know. And so therefore, it's okay for me to continue on my plans, and, and knowing that God has a purpose in these plans. Hallelujah. And, and this, the change of emotion had to be severe in the sense that 
He was willing to give up a relationship. But God said, no, I, I had this all worked out. You're to give him the name Jesus, and, and he will be the Savior, the Savior of the world. And Jehovah saves. And, and that's an amazing situation of the joy that begins to dwell within Joseph's heart because the person that he has known to be uh, a very special person, the person he's going to spend the rest of his life with, she has found favor with God in a magnificent way, in a marvelous way, a way that, that you can't explain, a, a way that is, is beyond supernatural, beyond our natural, it is supernatural. Jesus didn't save us from our sins only, but from the penalty of our sins as well. And so there's a tremendous uh, rejoicing, a tremendous revival that's within Joseph's heart, realizing this is going to be interesting. This is going to be something that God has ordained, and life is going to have meaning, and, and our failures and our mistakes are going to be forgiven. Those sins will be forgiven, and there's going to be this glorious carrying on of the future. And Joseph was confused, but at the same time, joy came into his heart when he began to realize the word Emmanuel and what it meant, and how that Emmanuel was God is with us. And it's, it's exciting to, to see Joseph willing to give up everything of his future. But then when God says, no, it's okay. I've ordained this. It's all going to work out, Joseph. It's going to be okay. You see, when God says it's going to be okay, guess what? It's going to be okay. And that's the exciting part for Joseph. He, he, he had a time of, of hesitation. But when he began to realize that this Emmanuel, God with us, and what that meant, that God was going to take on the human form of a baby. And that is an, a miracle of its own. A miracle of its own. God suddenly uh, no longer uh, off, off out in some outer space. He's not out there just being there, but He's no longer hidden dimension. He's no longer God that can't be found. But he is here now. When the kids did their Christmas production, I was reading through the script. And I got to that line, he is here now. And the power of the Holy Spirit just surged through me as, as I recognized the fact, Jesus is here now. And we celebrate the Christmas, but we need to recognize that Jesus is with us every day. He is here now, Emmanuel, living with us. Yes, there was the parting of the Red Sea. Yeah, there was tremendous miracles, blind eyes open, that happened in Jesus' life. But to realize that he's with us now, the all-powerful, all-knowing God had taken the form of a baby and, and came to this earth, had parents that had to feed him, had to clothe him, and he grew in nature. He grew in, in, in stature. He, he grew to be the savior of the world. And even at birth, he was the savior of the world, but we watched him grow up. The Bible shares the, the growing up of Jesus, shares the ministry of Jesus. 
in how that we have this beautiful illustration that God is with us and we are he's living among us Amen. and that to me is fantastic 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 the word became uh, flesh and dwelt among us John's gospel John 1 chapter verse 14 the word dwelt among us the the actual the word became flesh and dwelt among us the actual concept of that of Jesus living with us the word of God being around us and it was it is just a phenomenal thing that our flesh has to die out but Jesus can grow in us the joy of Christmas can be an everyday Christmas experience the joy comes in the morning as we as we uh, sang this morning in our worship time joy of the Lord is our strength and I can't express that enough the joy of the Lord is our strength amen he empowers us he empowers us to live this life we don't live it in our own being but the joy of the Lord empowers us to be what he's called us to be the joy of the Lord is, is strength and empowerment. And uh, this joy comes again in the Christmas story as well. The element of love, the fact that God loves the whole world, is mind-boggling. When we think about technology today, how that you can beam messages around the world on a TV screen, and, and translators can translate the message as it's going out to foreign countries and foreign languages. It, it is the phenomenal concept of, of God reaching mankind through the gospel. And it's because God loved the world. God loves you, and he loves me, but he loves the world. And, and the New Testament gives us that principle that God had a great love for the Jews. He had a great love for the Gentiles. And he loves all mankind. Right. And that is paramount. That we must get that in our mind. God loves all mankind. Yes. And the love that we see at the Christmas season. When, when we recognize the fact that God had used the government. And the taxation and having to be registered. To move the Jesus and his parents right where they needed to be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Luke chapter 2 and verse 5. Luke chapter 2 and verse 5. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. The census was taken about every 14 years. And so he was being responsible. To return to his his tribal headquarters and to register and that would be in Bethlehem and, and as they traveled Joseph uh, had to rely upon that donkey had to rely upon his own feet there wasn't the internet to say hey let's get a room tonight there was not a, a bullet train to ride there was simply walking and going to a town and hopefully finding some place to lay your head at night. And as they approached, the, the crowds were overwhelming. People were coming in. And I think it's beautiful to see the heart. The heart of 
of Joseph and Mary, going even though they knew there possibly wouldn't be room, they were still going to check out and see if there was a room available. And when there was a room not available, what did Joseph do? It's what's not said that's important. He didn't get upset. He didn't complain. He didn't complain. He didn't say, oh, this is terrible. Don't you understand who I am? You know, I mean, aren't we that way sometimes? Uh, after you stood in line at Walmart for, you know, 30 minutes, you're, you're ready to do something different. Uh, and I have, do I have a witness? Uh, Amen. You know, and so here's, here's Joseph giving us an example of the righteous person that he is. Mary is not upset. You don't hear the conversation. Joseph, go back in there and tell him you have to have a room. I'm pregnant. I'm out to have a baby. I've got to have a room, Joseph. No. It wasn't uncommon for them to be turned away. And they weren't going to be upset about it. The, the crowds were overwhelming, but they were not going to be upset. There was no room in the end. And I really believe part of that story, the Christmas story, because, I mean, let's, see, let's face it. If God could have, he brought the Son. All the prophetic messages had come true about the Christmas story 400, 700 years before. God could have done miracles. Yes. He could have done miracles. Mm -hmm. He could have had a house built just for them. <laughs> But God chose to let them live in the midst of the controls of nature. And in the controls of the culture, God let it take place in that culture. And so here they were, out in a stable because there was no room in the end. Our lives get so busy that our hearts get so full of doing, 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 that possibly... We've not allowed to have room for Jesus. Yeah. It's so vital that we take time for Jesus every day. Yes. Every day. Every day is Christmas. And every day is a day to connect to the Jesus who was born in a manger. Not fancy clothes, not fancy bedding, just a simple manger stall. She was expecting with child what she was expecting with faith. At first, when she heard that she was going to have a child, she, I don't understand that. And, and it was reaffirmed to her that she would have this child and that God's blessing would be upon her. And she said, okay, I'm a virgin. I don't understand, but I accept it. And, and, and she, her disbelief wasn't a rejection she was just an understanding. It was a mystery to her. This past year will be history. This coming year will be a mystery. Mm. We have today to prepare us for the mystery. We have today to get close to Jesus, to make Christmas every day, and that is to get close to Jesus. And she did not reject the mystery, but she said, Lord, I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant. Say that with me. I, I am, am the Lord's, Lord's servant. servant. Say it one more time. I, I am, am the Lord's, Lord's servant. servant. That is powerful. Because what we're saying is that God, here I am. 
You have the ability to take my hands and bring glory to you. God, here's my voice. You can use it to bring glory to you. You can use this to, to my voice to bring encouragement to somebody. Lord, I am your servant. It, it, it doesn't say, Lord, I am your queen and I'll, I'll be at your beckoning call. She humbly says, I'm a servant. You see the difference between a queen and a servant? A servant is downright just down in the dirt doing work. The queen is watching everybody else do the work. She wasn't proclaiming to be a queen, but truly, she had a queen's heart. She had a wonderful heart. She had a heart after God. She desired the blessing of God. She wanted everything God had for her. And so she declared, I am the Lord's servant. That is what we call devoted love. Amen. Mary had a devoted love. She loved where she was at. She loved what God was doing. And she didn't fully understand it, but she loved God. And she said, God, I am your servant. Whatever you've called me to do, I'm willing to do it. I don't really understand it all. And, and, and who of us would? It was a supernatural activity that was going on within her body. It was supernatural activity that was going on within Joseph's mind to continue to carry on with this relationship and, and to fulfill the marriage vows as the days came, came, came together. And so David, uh, Joseph, he, he had a tremendous, tremendous love for Mary. And God cared for Joseph deeply. God cared for them deeply. And Mary and Joseph, they both had a tremendous love for one another. And God was giving them the ability to love one another even more. God still places trust in mankind. God still puts trust in you and in me. Amen. That when we say, I'll be your servant, he still gives us tasks to do. Yes. He still gives us people to minister to because God loves you and he loves that person you're trying to win to the Lord. God loves you and cares for you. And the love of God is unbelievable. God's powerful love was displayed between Mary and Joseph. This was a love that, that they shared. And it was a human love. Sometimes love will dominate over human emotion of hate and hunger and thirst. Sometimes love will over-dominate self-protection and greed. Sometimes love will cause a person to give someone else the ability to go on, whatever's going to be best for that individual. Love moves us to love people. To love people. That's our motive. Part of our vision statement is knowing God, loving people. And we see the love that Mary and Joseph had. And this was a human love. And there was a godly love that was coming. A stronger than human love. And, and as much as Joseph loved Mary and Mary loved Joseph. There was a love that God had. God's love for Mary. God's love for Joseph. And God's love for the whole world. God's love for you and for me. The love of God in this world 
is so strong that all human history is centered around the event of Christmas. <laughs> the birth of Jesus, the love of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You see, it's all about a love story. Before the star, before the magi, before the shepherds, before the end, before the major, God had all of this in mind of the salvation of mankind. The result is God's powerful love that we celebrate on the holiday, the greatest of all, the zenith of love, brought music to heaven, the angel choir singing, the shepherds out in the field receiving the message. Just an unbelievable event. You see, there was the three wise guys as well. The three wise guys. And, and I... I enjoy calling them that because they were wise and they were guys. And the proof of that they were guys was is that the gifts they brought, not a one of them brought a diaper, not a one of them brought a casserole. I mean, after all, that's what you do when a newborn comes in, right? What did they do? They gave worship and they gave gifts. It is wonderful to, to be able to give gifts. I was a recipient of gifts last week and throughout the Christmas season, folks giving me cards and giving me gifts inside, and I truly appreciate every card, every gift. Uh, I'm so grateful. And, and part of the wise men giving gifts to the Christ child. Again, it takes place a couple of years, probably 18 months to two years after the birth. But in chapter 2 and verse 10 of Matthew, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. Why was there joy? Because they had heard that this child had been born. They had heard that he was going to be the Savior. And they had these gifts that were for a king. And they had the king of all metals to give, and that was the gift of gold. And that gold was pure, and it brought great joy to them to be able to give. They also brought frankincense, a gift for a priest. In Hebrews chapter 3, it calls Jesus our high priest. And, and then the myrrh, a gift for one who was to die. And Jesus was going to die on the cross eventually. And he was going to pay the price for our salvation. He was going to pay a price for our soul to be saved. It had to be the, the shedding of blood for the remission of sins. And Jesus paid that price. And what a beautiful, beautiful illustration of the blessings of God. Giving is such an important part of everyday life. The three wise men, they gave in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one of this, uh, as he, let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. When I, I looked at the three wise guys and what did they do? They gave the best they had. They gave worship to God. 
it caused me to look at these scriptures about being a cheerful giver. And God is able, verse 8, God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance of every good work. God said, you give, and I will give back to you. And, and I will give you all the grace you need. I will give you all the sufficiency. You will be blessed. As it is written, he has dis dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. While you are rich in every way for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. The ability to give and give it joyfully. These wise men came to worship. They came and bowed down and they left a different place, a different way than they came so that Herod could not erase the child's life. The power of Christmas is an everyday Christmas. Every day is Christmas when you realize that Jesus gives, gives us the illustration of giving through the wise men and how that we go back and we realize that God wants to give us all grace. All grace abound towards you so that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. God desires to pour out an abundance upon us as we come into a new year we come out of the Christmas celebration and we realize that as we are faithful and recognizing that God is with us and we are with God because we've said, Lord Jesus, forgive us of our sins. We've said, Lord Jesus, come into our hearts. Lord, we want to live for you. When we declare that we want to live for God, he hears us and ministers to us and strengthens us. And the Holy Spirit comes and lives within us and the word of God becomes alive and becomes real to us. And as we venture into a new year, I want to encourage you that you can have Christmas every day because Jesus is in your heart every day. And you can recognize this. And the God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. God already knows the work he's planned for you. And he's saying, as you have given as you have given out of your heart, I will multiply back to you. I will provide for you so that in turn, you can share with others. And when you share with others, they will be grateful for you, but they'll be grateful for God because God has blessed you to bless them. What an awesome, awesome declaration when Jesus was born in that manger and the message went out. He will be the Savior of the world. He will be the one who ministers to your heart and your life. And he will provide for your every need. And God has an abundance as we come into this new year. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we're grateful this day. We are so very grateful to be in your house. To declare that Christmas is every day. And the fact that Jesus lives in our heart. That God is with us. God, Emmanuel, God is with us. And Lord Jesus, as you have lived in us, 
You give us the ability to give because you gave. You gave us your very own son. He walked on this earth. God, you performed miracles through him. He resurrected from that tomb and went to sit at the right hand of God the Father. Lord Jesus, you're interceding for the body of Christ today. So you're praying for us today. We are in good hands because we are in the hands of God Almighty. And we have Jesus praying for us. And we have the power of the Holy Spirit living within us, stirring us to do great feats for God. For God, the supernatural is available to those who call for it. And so, Lord, as Mary declared, I am a servant. We declare the Lord today that we are a servant of the Lord. And we want to do your work that you have laid out before us. And Lord, as we give unto you, your word promises that you'll be pressed down, shaped together, and running over, and that you will give us an abundance in all things, in everything we'll ever need in life, you'll be there. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for what you have done and what you're going to do as we look forward to a brand new year. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for being with us today. We're going to continue to have an altar service time. And uh, may you have a great day. And may you have a wonderful, prosperous new year coming. God bless you.